Dungeoneers! Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast without an end in sight. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined as always by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. His future with the podcast is so bright he needs glasses. Yeah, it's kind of weird you sent me this package, Josh. Okay, let's see. Open it up. Okay, glasses. Very cute. Uh, I already have glasses. I'll put them on, though, just, just to see what it does. Ha! Ah, ah, so bright! Oh, my God, so bright. It's it's beautiful, but I also can't see anymore. Like, it's bad. It's real bad. Oh, uh, gotta pass out. <laughs> <laughs> Great sound effects. <laughs> Well, Janelle's here, too. Um, Janelle, are you ready for a million episodes before the show's over? Yeah, I thought we were going to do more than just a million, but I guess if that's where we're setting our bar at, that's fine. Hey, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Uh, Oh, look, he's okay. I'm okay. Nate's here, too, and he already defies all of time just by being, so I don't think he gets too bothered by the endless supply of material we'll be churning out. Yes. Worship me, y'all. Jasper the Great. <laughs> <laughs> worship me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Jasper, master of time and space. I like that. It's a cool title. Yeah. With this sidekick, a dead dog. Je- Whoa. Mm-hmm. Well, Joel's here as well. <laughs> Do you think you can commit to at least 50 seasons in a movie? Maybe a few movies? I'll have to talk to my agent, Josh. I'm actually in talks with Disney about being in their next round of Marvel movies. So, Oh, yeah? <laughs> Who are you going to yeah. be playing? I'm going to be playing a recurring character. He drives a school bus. Oh, it really sounds exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm happy for you, Joel. Yeah, actually, the whole fourth movie they're planning, the whole thing is going to be centered around him. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. Dang. Well, that sounds exciting. I will definitely <laughs> watch it when it comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be the most interesting Marvel movie they've made. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait for like Chris Evans to be walking around and like Joel's just in a bookstore and he comes by. He's like, hey, I, I don't want to bother you, but you, are you bus driver number two? <laughs> 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 oh my god, can I get your autograph? I'm sorry, sir. Um, I'm going to call the police if you keep talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, yeah. do you know who that sounds like? Sounds who? like the la- our last party member. Because finally we have AJ, whose eventual rise to stardom will cause us to leave this show behind as he ascends to more limited projects. <laughs> a little turn there at the end <laughs> no no i i can't like leave you guys behind i'll i'll be there i'll remember you guys always and I, maybe i can come back you know and and then guest star once in a while and you know be that be that ace in the hole you can always count on me to to you know get those numbers up again because because you guys love me being here that's why you guys gave me the corner to to sleep in at night to to make sure that you know i can watch the studio and stuff yeah that's why we give you the stale bread instead of the moldy bread exactly who who else would get stale bread i mean come on you guys you guys love me daniel you weren't supposed to be giving him bread at all oh oh okay and also why why is he in the corner who let him out of the cage 
Okay, so actually, I start putting still... newspapers down. I hope that's good. You know, accidents every now and then. I already got the, the paper. So the stale bread is the moldy bread. I've just been like cutting it off. So yeah, I don't know. You're right. I I shouldn't. I, that that's a that's a waste of moldy stale bread. Can I use this old fridge to store all the lava lamps? No. <laughs> Are you sh- I mean, it's it's just real quick, you know. I j- I like to keep them cool. Type of lava lamps are they? What? What type of lava lamps? You know the the cool ones. You know, I gotta keep them cool. Otherwise, they wouldn't. They're not gonna be cool anymore. Well, this is a very intriguing bit. Uh, but how is everyone doing this week? Except for, except for AJ. AJ, get back in your cage. Oh. Okay. Yeah, you probably want to be in the corner, someone, someone, right? Someone take some. Someone take the lava lamps away. No. Yeah, for cleaning and storage, right? I mean, that's why I'm going back in the cages so that way you guys can clean the corner because you guys take care of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here's the safety blanket that goes on top. Oh my god, I've Uh, been a nervous wreck this whole week. Manage that well. Uh, I'm such a good. This is horrible. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's why I'm trying to move it along. I don't like this. AJ's fine. He's not he's not in a physical cage. He is in a financial cage. The one that which we all are <laughs> in. And that's called student loan debt. <laughs> I'm doing great. I got the safety blanket now. <laughs> no, I actually feel kind of sad. <laughs> no, I've been in a great week, Josh. How are you doing? Well, thank you. It's not not very often you guys ask. Um, I'm doing pretty good too. Well, thank you, AJ. I care about your safety as well, despite what the audience may have thought they overheard. Um, I <laughs> care very much about you. So I'm thank glad you, you're Josh. having a good week because mine's been great as well. Awesome. Mine too. It got all this bread. <laughs> we got all that bread courtesy of. Uh, no, 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 no. no huh? this bit's getting out of control. <laughs> if you say Land O'Lakes again, I'm leaving. No, Land O'Lakes doesn't make bread. Also, they were very disappointed with the last episode, so <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> they are no longer a sponsor. Ruined our chances. Would have been would have been great. No, they specifically named AJ. What? Oh, <laughs> are you serious? Um, God dang! Why they just said that he. Bit? He didn't seem like a butter kind of person, you know. Oh, that's what they had a problem with. <laughs> they thought yeah. that he would he would you know, drive people away from the butter market. Yeah, what you're saying is the bottom line is he could have done butter. Yeah. No. <laughs> Actually, I don't think that he could have because I oh. tend to agree with him. <laughs> God. Yeah. Just like a just a note, we really do like AJ, and I, we're not always this mean to him. Yes, because if you're listener, you may have noticed every time we try to move away from the joke, AJ pulls it back. So I guess he gets some sort of perverse pleasure out of it. No, it's <laughs> yeah. listen. I got. I'm just. I'm a team player, and these are hilarious. That's what. That's such what a team is. player. You made us lose our sponsorship. We didn't have a sponsorship. <laughs> There was never a sponsorship. Wow. It, it wasn't even a real sponsorship, and you still made us lose it, AJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, guys, since we don't have a sponsorship anymore, the only way we can make money is by 
producing good content. I think the real moneymaker is buttering me up, Josh, because I'm churning for adventure. I can't wait till that's dead. So before we get started, I'll give us a quick recap of what happened last episode, and then we will jump back into the action, because I think this could be an interesting episode. So last week, you all prepared yourselves for the journey to Deer Himmins, the massive stone doorway from your vision. Being aware that there is a potential hostile settlement of elves nearby, some of you are planning on doing some reconnaissance while the others hang back nearby, but there's already a potential wrench thrown into your plans as it may be difficult for you to even reach the settlement alive. Because as you travel through the forest, we ended last episode with you coming across a group of five sleeping wolves, each the size of a horse. And... You may awaken them, or you may not. Let's find out. So we'll go back to the scene. Our group of adventurers are traveling along a trail, kind of cut into a sort of a switchback against the natural terrace that's formed in this mountainous terrain. They are at the edge of a wooden bridge spanning a large gap in the rock, but below, about 15 feet down, in like a kind of a secluded alcove, are these five massive wolves all asleep and they have paint across their fur kind of in a similar pattern to the talismans that you're all carrying all except for Aegon of course and you haven't awoken them yet yet is the keyword there <laughs> so what are our adventurers going to do I think like Gunner Fio is going to kind of hold his hand back to Teltuo to just kind of hang out for a second and indicate to him that stuff isn't right, that he needs to chillax, not move too much. And he's going to look at the others to see what they do first. Gunner is going to point at Fio, and he is going to cast Message, which is a cantrip. Basically, I point my finger toward a creature within range and whisper a message. The target, and only the target, hears the message and can reply in a whisper that only I can hear. I can cast a spell through solid objects if you're familiar with the target. No, it is beyond the barrier. Barrier information. The spell doesn't have to follow a straight line. It can travel freely around corners and through openings. And as quickly as possible, Gunnar tries to get out this silent message to everyone. Except for maybe Tuo, because he doesn't know what Tuo is going to do. Um, <laughs> I think going up... Um, Oh. It's uh, sorry. I imagine he was saying it in my head, so I said it in my voice. But I should have said it in Gunner's <laughs> voice. <laughs> so Gunner's in- internal monologue is just Daniel. <laughs> this is Gunner's conscious speaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, and he says, "I think we should go up the rocks. I mean, if if we can climb, then since that way, whenever if we do fake them up, I think it will be hard for them to get across the bridge." When Gunnar sends this message to everyone, you receive it and you're able to understand the words, but it sounds a little off. Like, you know, if you have like a weak connection when you're calling somebody, like it's a little choppy and slightly uh, distorted. And Gunnar, can you give me an insight check using your wisdom? God dang it. It's a check, not a saving throw. No, 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 I know, but, like, I'm wasting all of these good rolls. I'm not even <laughs> messing with you. I know I did this for my one and only roll last week, but this week I also got a natural 20 on this check. <laughs> okay, well, 
Whenever the wolves wake up and they attack me, it's like, oh, Gunner, make a saving throw to not die. It's going to be one, one, one. <laughs> well, Gunner, as you're sending this message out, this telepathic message, you suddenly get like this kind of cold feeling, kind of like something wet draping itself across your mind, if you can just imagine that. And you are keenly aware that something was listening in on your telepathic messages. <laughs> Holy oh, crap. Okay. Theo's going to respond right after you say something because he's, he's really worried about that plan. He says, uh, Gunner. And this is him whispering back. Is it like, can he do it telepathically back or does he have to actually whisper it? No, you can. The target and only the target hears the message and can reply in a whisper that only I can hear. Yeah, and since it's a cantrip, like, I assume every time you send it to someone, they respond back, like, at the same time you send your message. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. So then when he sends it to Theo, he'll just reply real quickly. I don't know about climbing up, because if one of us slips, we could send rocks down, and that could alert them. I think we should just really quietly go across the bridge really slowly, because it looks like they could probably climb pretty fast, because, like, they're huge. Like, they're almost as tall as that ledge down there. I think after the slippery thing that happens in Gunner's mind happens, I think he tries to, like, move everyone, like, away from the wolves, as if to be like, gather, gather. Oh, in the in the small alcove just before the entrance of the, the one side of the bridge. Yeah. Now get away from the ledge so that they can't hear you. Yeah, and Gunner whispers with his actual voice, I think something is listening to my telepathy. What? How does that even work? Fear turns back. How, how is it even possible? I, I, I mean, how do you know? I just, I just know. But anyway, I'm just a little bit worried about trying to cross this bridge. Because if we wake them up while we are over there, then, then they can climb right up and eat us. If we manage to get up here, it's much more difficult climb for them. This looks, I would say, you know, like a much taller shear. I mean, I think it would give us, you know, an extra chance to get up, sure, because they have to go a little farther. But I mean, look at their long legs. They can cover ground pretty quick. They can see they're this way or that way. They'll they'll just get up pretty quick. Sure, this is like 15 feet close to us, but the other one, it adds maybe an extra 20 feet or something for them to run through just to get to this side. I, I mean, if, if you're confident of our climbing, sure, but... I don't know. It just takes one rock to make a slide come down. A rock slide, it is. Not like a, a fun slide. A fun slide would be a lot more fun than a rock slide, because that would mean we die. Gunner's also kicking himself because he just remembered. Well, Daniel's kicking himself, and then Gunner's kicking himself. And he's like, wait a minute. I can cast an area of silence. You can do that? Yeah. But this is what I'm saying. People need to tell me what they can do. <laughs> and also the rest of us, because then, you know, we can remember these things together. Just look at my character sheet. I mean, what? <laughs> <laughs> That's metagaming, um, Gunner. <laughs> so, okay, so just to kind of make things easier, and so the audience doesn't has, have to listen to me say 20 things of dialogue in my bad whisper Gunner voice. Basically, yeah, Gunner can cast the silence spell. For those of you at home, choose area within 120 feet and it says it can last for up to 10 minutes and it says for the duration no sound can be created within or pass through a 20 foot radius sphere centered on a point you choose within range 
any creature or object entirely inside the sphere is immune to thunder damage, and creatures are deafened while entirely inside it. Casting a spell that includes a verbal component is impossible there. But basically, the idea is that if he cast it on this cliff, then if we made any noise while we were in there, they wouldn't be able to hear it. Cool. Well, yeah, that'd, that'd take care of the problem of rock slides. Yeah. So that's Gunner's idea. Yeah. Oh. And so that's my idea. Gunner, what if they're magic wolves that can sense when magic is cast? Then that's just cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that's just cheating. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not worried about it then. I mean, Gunner already cast magic when he did, when he when he talked to us, didn't he? Well, I suppose that's true. Yeah, one of the wolves comes up behind Vez and says, "Yeah, I mean, you'd think we could detect it by now if he was." If he was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I'll I'll go back down. Gunner, Gunner screams. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> We're doomed. We're all doomed. <laughs> no, that that's not canon. None of that happened. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so yeah. And just to make things easier, so Gunner wants to try and maybe figure out the shortest part of like this climb to be able to get over the cliff. Basically, if he can figure out a way to put this 20-foot sphere over top of like where they're climbing, especially hopefully cover like any area where small rocks might fall, that would be super cool. And Gunner's idea is maybe he'll climb up first since he's really good at that. And then maybe he can throw a rope down. Okay, um, and real quick, just remember, if you're climbing and you fail your check, you're going to fall and take fall damage, just so you're aware of that. Just so that doesn't come as a surprise. Gotcha. Oh, yeah, I figured that. Okay. <laughs> but this way, whenever Fio falls and yelps, then uh, <laughs> the, the, the wolves won't hear him. Yep, definitely blame it on Fio. Definitely not going to happen with Gunner or Jasper or anybody else. Yeah. I won't take fall damage anyways, but it may suck for you guys. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll have to be really careful for Gunner because he could, like, fall and then take damage and then lose concentration. Then he'd have to cast it again. <laughs> yeah. But at the very least, he has to hit the ground first for the spell to end. So that's at least nice. Just watch him in slow-mo falling. You can see his mouth moving, but you hear nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so what do you guys think of this plan? Sounds good to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think Theo likes it, but he'll he'll add on that I think he'll he'll want to like try to give you a boost up and since you're the one who needs to make sure they don't get damaged or whatever, I think he'll be there waiting for you in case you fall. So that way uh, you won't like hit the ground or anything like that. He'll try to catch you. Just worst case scenario, and then he'll climb up after you since you're the one controlling the spell. Okay. Yeah. I don't know about catching him. I don't. That's not actually like a game mechanic. I think you would just both like share the fall damage. Yeah. Well, I was interpreting that as Fia was gonna take the help action or something. Oh, okay. I just, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so okay, so Gunner is going to climb up to a, an area where the cliff's just a little bit shorter, maybe a 15 foot section instead of a 20 foot section, maybe where it bows down a little bit, and uh, Fia's gonna get his hands down and have Gunner step on them and he's going to help push him up as Gunner's yeah. going to try to free climb across this rocky wall. Yeah, so first Gunner is going to cast Silence, centering it on the midpoint of that wall so that way it should reach to the top of where they're trying to go, but also it should cover 
the ground beneath, hopefully. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to imagine it geometrically, but I hope that works since it's a 15-foot height and a 20-foot radius sphere. So should be plenty big, I would think. Yeah, it, it'll be big enough for you. So, right, spell slot expended, and he's going on up. All right, so give me an athletics check using your strength. Okay. And do I get anything for Fio using the help action? Uh, yes, you get advantage. Okay, good. Okay, that's good, because, I mean, Gunner's good at athletics, but the first roll was a four on the die. The second one's a 15 oh on the die for a total of 21. <laughs> yeah, that's much better. Okay, so yeah, Gunner's able to scramble up there without any problems. Okay, okay. and then Gunner's going to pull a rope out of his pack, and he's going to throw it down and then he's going to step back a little bit from the ledge and then try and brace himself. I think Fio would take this moment to, to grab Tuo and to kind of wrap the, the rope around him, just like they did in the cellar back in Brimpton. Just kind of wrap it around him, kind of using the harness that he has basically made out of his breastplate armor to kind of hook it on there. And he's going to try to help Tuo up now. Okay. And uh, does it does it count as um, as Gunner giving two of the help action, maybe? Or does it count as him climbing a rope? Um, I believe it's a DC five to climb a rope. Yeah. Well, yeah. I I just didn't know which, which one you would prefer in this situation. Is Gunner sturdy enough to count as someone who's like, you know, a sturdy rope, or is he just helping Fio? I don't think you'll be able to help him. Well, it's not Fio. I'm I'm trying to say specifically Tuo the dog. Yeah, I think you could probably use the help action if you're actively pulling the rope up as they climb. Yeah, what, what, whatever you think, Chief. Okay, cool. So I'll, I'll roll for two. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, so that was a, a 19 plus I think two or something. Yep, you, you beat the DC five. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Close one. So she's my precious little baby boy. I, I don't want anything to happen to him. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Fio will be scrambling up right after. Okay, and what's your bonus? If your bonus is more than five, you can just skip Yeah, check. he gets a plus six athletics. Okay, so yeah, Fio's able to do it, no problem. Awesome. I guess that Vez will go next then. Let me see here. She's going to have to roll. Oh, phew. Okay, so that was 19, you said, to athletics check? Yep, that's good enough. You're able to climb up Minus the rope one. as well. Yep, <laughs> it's an 18. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jasper? That's a three. Oh, boy. Oh, oh so Jasper uh, starts climbing. Oh, yep, you have advantage because they're using the help action. That's a nine. Whee! Okay, so Jasper is able to make it. He almost falls, but since everyone is helping, he's able to make it up to the top. Yeah. So you lucked out. Uh, with your HP situation the way it is right now, Nate, you could have, that would have been a decent chunk of your hit points, <laughs> even, if, even if it was only a D6 of damage. That's hilarious. And that leaves Aegon. Oh, yeah. Time for me to climb. Good thing I had advantage because I rolled a 2 and a 12. Uh, so 12 <laughs> gives me an 11. All right. So you guys are able to climb up to the top. Silent spell keeps the sound from being detected. You guys do knock some rocks down, but it's completely quiet. You're north of the bridge. You're on cliff side of the terrace overlooking the bridge and the carved out area where the wolves are. So now you're a good like uh, 45 feet above them. Uh, they probably won't be able to sense you 
as you make your way across whatever direction you guys decide to go. <laughs> Stealthily north, if it looks safe, I would think. Okay, if you go north, you are going to be leaving the trail. It does go up the mountain. North does go up the mountain, but just letting you know. So yeah, ba- basically what Gunner wants to do is like just give the wolves... He-, he wants to still proceed in the same direction as the trail, but he wants to give them a really wide berth. You yeah, know? you guys are high enough up that I think if you stay away from the edge, you can circle around them and get back onto the trail a little further down. Yeah, exa- exactly that. So, okay. What do you guys think? I like yeah, it. sounds great. Yeah. All right. So you guys are able to circumvent those those uh, giant wolves. Holy and crap. They're none the wiser. Ready to go, guys. We're a team. <laughs> yeah, except Gunner almost peed himself. <laughs> almost. So he didn't pee himself. He's getting a little bit braver every day. <laughs> cool. I mean, I the silence spell did make me feel better, but I was really nervous. That was a really good move, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that was a good use of the spell. Yeah, well, I guess... Uh, continue up. Continue on up. All right, so you guys uh, continue down the trail, and uh, you kind of reach a weird part where it kind of narrows into a uh, ravine before kind of dipping back out and continuing up the trail. And as you guys kind of make your way through here with all the the trees towering above you, can you guys all give me a perception check? (laughs) Oh, no. You guys are a few minutes down the trail, so well well past the the wolves. Oh, good. Five. That's a six total for me. Also for me. I got a seven. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, guys. Theo got a 14, and then 2-0 got a 10. I don't know how much fun you guys are going to have with this one. Uh-oh. <gasps> that means I'm going to have a lot of fun with it. <laughs> no. So as you guys are trekking forward, Theo hears some sounds up ahead. Kind of a, it sounds like creaking wood, like a tree being blown in a heavy wind, but there is no wind where you guys are right now. And it just sounds like there's a, a creaking of a tree, but it's coming uh, from up ahead. Theo holds up his hand to, to sing everybody stop real quick while he listens to figure out exactly where it is. Like you said, he realizes it's up ahead. So he slowly takes out his axe and says to everybody, I, something up, up ahead doesn't sound right. It sounds like something's messing with a tree or, or something. Do you guys hear that? Oh, no, I don't, but that makes me nervous, and Gunnar will pull out his uh, swords. Okay, so then he'll he'll slowly creep forward, uh, trying to be ahead of the group a little bit to try to peer down and keep his ears open, having two behind him a little ways. Okay. Can he uh, get to, like, one of the bends where it starts to, to kind of curve around the side there and, and just kind of peek around and, and look for what's causing that no- that noise? So Theo goes ahead, and he peers around the, a bend when he comes to one. And can you give me another perception check? Sure, yeah. Come on, baby. It's a 12. <laughs> okay. So as you're peering around the bend, uh, all you can see is more forest. But you become acutely aware that you can hear this creaking sound again from right above you. 
Oh my god. From one of the trees up at the top of the ravine. And as you look up, you see the tree start to like move and the bark and the branches begin to like twist and crack as the tree shifts into a form of a 20 foot tall humanoid. Oh my God. With massive claws. Treeple. (laughs) (laughs) And it moves to the edge of the ravine and starts to reach down towards you. <gasps> no. Oh my God, no! Roll for initiative, everyone. Ah! God dang it. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> I thought I did well, but apparently everybody rolled really high. <laughs> I'm second to last. What the heck? Yeah, I think everyone's like in the high 20s. The lowest is you with a 17, and then we have Jasper with a 6. <laughs> Well, this is where I wasted my natural 20, so very happy about nice. that. <laughs> nice. So, alrighty. So, Janelle, you are at the top of the initiative. Okay, so can you kind of describe to me, like, how far away this thing is and all of that? Um, well, I mean, it's about, it's about 40 feet to get to the edge of the ravine wall that it's towering above Fio on. And then it's another 10 feet up the walls of the ravine. Okay. Assuming you want to climb it, you will not be able to reach it while you are down at the bottom. No, but guess who has a new weapon? (laughs) 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 So yeah, so Vez will go and move up almost all the way to Fio, but still back probably 15 feet from him, pulling out her bow and taking couple of shots at this thing now so for her first roll so that is going to be 17 to hit 17 will hit yay (laughs) and it's not the best but but it'll it'll be okay so that'll be four points of damage the first time nice and because i am able to have actually okay you said four yeah It'll actually be two. Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. As you fire it, it it doesn't seem to be because it's just resisting damage in general. It looks like it is just resistant to piercing damage, period, because it's a tree. Oh. So it is resistant to all piercing damage by the looks of it. Because your arrow sinks in, but like, since it's a tree, it's not going to bleed out. So dealing very pinpoint damage isn't going to do much. Makes sense. Yeah. But this is what she has in the moment, so this is what she'll use. (laughs) Okay, so that'll be a 19 on the die that time. For the next one, okay. So you pull back bowstring and you fire again. And eight damage. All right, so I'll go down to four. (laughs) Two shots. It barely seems to phase it. Well, she tried. (laughs) (laughs) Gunner, you just saw Vez's display and you see this giant twisting tree trying to get to Fio. What are you going to do? So Gunner's going to do what a Gunner's going to do. And what Gunners do is whenever they start to get into a panic attack, Gunner shifts. So as a bonus action, Gunner is going to shift into his bestial form. So he gets even faster. He's blue and now a hedgehog. No, he's not. (laughs) Gunner the Hedgehog, my favorite Sega character. <laughs> Gotta go fast! Oh, no. Gunner, speed! Okay, 
enough of that. And so that's his bonus action. So he is going to move 45 feet. Then Gunner is going to... Gunner is going to cast Mirror Image on himself. Another classic Gunner spell. So he's going to have all these little Mirror Images floating around himself. So yeah, and he has his little three duplicates. All righty. So Gunner's running forward. He casts a spell, and suddenly there are a bunch of Gunners running alongside him. Looks like a whole crowd of people running into this combat. Huh! <laughs> and then it's this thing's turn. So as it's swinging at Fio, it's completing its transformation as it kind of buckles and snaps and cracks until it no longer looks like a tree at all. And now it just looks, like I said before, a 20-foot-tall humanoid figure just made entirely out of wood, bark, and leaves. And as it's reaching down for Fio, its fingers begin to lengthen into big, sharp claws. And it is going to make two swiping attacks at Fio because it has reach, so it's able to get down to you. So that first attack is going to be a 27 to hit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's going to hit. All right, so that is going to be oh, not not too good. It's going to be 12 slashing damage to you. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, not too good. Just like <laughs> a third of a regular kick. Or yeah, it just sends up clods of dirt and stone, and then it swings again with its other arm. And that's only going to be a 14. Unfortunately, that also hits his AC oh. is 13. <laughs> well, that was a much higher roll. That's going to be 21 slashing damage to you. Oh, my Holy God. Holy crap. Oh. Nope, sorry. 19. 19. I misread oh, my yeah. die. <laughs> so 19 slashing damage to you. Gunner, Gunner would probably already be down if that were him. That's a lesser insane. man yeah, so would Gun- be Gunner's down running forward, now. and then maybe it gives him pause when this thing just goes, boom, boom, and just sends up clods of dirt and stone as it's raking at Theo, trying to slice him to ribbons. Jeez. But now it is Fio's turn. Um, after its attack, it is not in your reach because like, it pulls back its arms. So what is Fio's response? Well, crap, dude. This is crazy. Fio is just taken aback. He's never seen one of these creatures before. And uh, lo- looking at it, does it seem like it can like chase after the group or is it like rooted into its place but transformed uh, it into is, a It is standing now. Oh, okay. So, like, so it has feet legs. so it can move. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. I think with that in mind, he'll look at this thing and just he'll start to to try to figure out how the heck he's fight this thing. Because he saw Vez's arrows just not do much, and just this thing is gigantic. So I think Theo is going to think, well, what takes down wood? Fire might do. And yeah. he'll, he'll bring his, his hands together like, like he does and reach within himself to cast out burning hands towards this thing, which has a 15-foot cone, which should reach up to this creature because the ledge is only 10 feet, right? Yes. Cool. So he'll use his action to do that. Dexterity save, right? Yes. He needs to make a dexterity saving throw, which he needs to beat a DC 14. Okay. Well, it has a minus to his dexterity, but I rolled really high. Oh, So that is an 18. Ah, crap. Okay, well, he still takes half damage, I think. Well, here's the kicker. It is vulnerable to fire damage. 
Oh, mm. awesome. So you'll still deal your full damage to it, even though it manages to sidestep some of it. Your flames hit it and kind of blacken its barky body. Awesome. Okay, so that's that's 3d6 fire damage. That is seven fire damage. All right, so you uh, hit it with the fire and it kind of stumbles back from the edge for a second. And as it does, its faceless head kind of contorts and it forms this weird gaping mouth where a mouth should be and it lets out a shriek like a wild animal, like something you hear echoing through the forest on a dark night. Jesus. Oh, do, do we need to run? We, we might need to run, but I guess yeah. we'll find out. And also, uh, Daniel, to answer your question, um, I would tell you if it had a mechanical impact. That was, that was all flavor. Oh, no, I was referring to the wolves. No, that's what I'm saying. Its shriek was a flavor thing, not a mechanical thing. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I, just, okay. I, just, I, want, I want to clarify that for you. I would tell you if it was like a mechanical thing that it could do. So then with that, he's uh, Theo is going to sort of jump to the side about five feet or so to get enough distance between him and the rest of the party because he's thinking about tactics. <laughs> and now he's going to rage with a, a burst of fire that goes around him in a 10-foot radius. I think the thing's too far away to get affected by it this turn, right? Because it's up that 10-foot ledge. Um, yes, your radius ends before it reaches the, the creature. Right, okay, okay, okay. So then, so he's got he's still got play and movement left, though, because of his new level up. So he's going to do that. After his rage, he's then going to try to rage climb up this ledge <laughs> to get it within striking distance of this okay. thing. So yeah, give me a... An athletics check with strength. Cool. So uh, since he's raging, he gets advantage on these now. But strength checks in general. So here we go. So he really is like hulking his way up. He's not even. <laughs> he's not even grabbing handholds. He's smashing his own handholds <laughs> in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 getting over it with Theo. <laughs> he's just swinging the axe into the into the rock, and he's just like hoisting himself up. <laughs> what? 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 Time to die. <laughs> okay, here we go. That is a 13 on the die, so that's 19 total. Yep, that's enough. You're able to climb up. Perfect. So everybody just sees this hulking mass of Theo just disappear right behind this thing up the ledge, just screaming his way up. <laughs> and then for 2-0, he isn't great at climbing necessarily, so I think what he'll do is he'll kind of get a little bit closer to Gunner in case he decides to run up and so he can be within sort of running distance to catch up with him. Sort of uh, That kind of tag team he's been doing with Theo and Vez, he's trying to implement that best he can. And that'll be their turns. Alright. So now we're on to Aegon. Yeah. Aegon is going to run forward toward the rest of his party and then think, and he's going to turn to the right and make his way into a little alcove. And once he gets there, he's going to point his his rod up at the tree creature. Uh, one might call it a, a tree creature. No, that doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you want to so, make a, if you want to make a, a nature check, you can see if you know what it is. Oh, I can make if a you, nature. Or if check? you want the real name, I love nature checks. Yeah, I'll make a nature check and see what it is. I love nature checks. <laughs> I love nature checks. That's a 23. 
Okay, so you know that this giant tree creature is a leshy, a forest spirit. Mm. You know that in addition to being, you know, made of wood and being resistant to piercing and bludgeoning damage, they are weak to fire, but they also have the ability to call the spirits of deceased animals to their aid should they need it. Oh boy. Yeah, knowing that, Aegon is all the more confident in his course of action, so he will fire a fire bolt at the tree creature, the lechi. Uh, and that's an 18 to hit. That will hit. Alrighty. And since Aegon leveled up, his firebolt now does 2d10s. So let's see. Oh, nice. Nice improvement. Oh boy, this could be a big hit. Could be. <laughs> oh, and Aegon gets to reroll uh, ones on fire damage dice because of his uh, racial feat. So that would be a juicy 14 on a normal situation, but on this situation, it is 28 fire damage due to Holy its vulnerability. Holy crap, boy. So nice. You like, as it's turning its back to face Fio, you hit it right between where its shoulder blades would be, and there's just an explosion of flame and bits of charcoal still glowing from the embers of your fire just begin to fall off of it, and it lets out another pain shriek and stumbles forward. It's going to fall on your dog, dude. <laughs> and no. Timber! And as that fireball leaves uh, Aegon's rod, some of the fire kind of loops back and starts twirling around him, uh, also due to his flames of Flagrethos feet. That's cool. So now he's like wreathed in flame. I like it. All right, and then we're on to Jasper. What's our mechanical marvel going to do this time? It's not as good as magic missiles, but it is still a magic firebolt. Ooh, okay. <laughs> All right, that's a crit. Oh, <laughs> oh crap, dude. Yeah. Why would you say it with that? <laughs> oh, I guess it's a um, crit. It's, it's just oh, a crit. 40 10 fire damage. Oh, gosh. Oh, my God. Babe, this is insane. Oh, my God. It's okay. It's only nine. Oh, I rip. That oh, no. was the worst crit I've ever seen. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Well, still, that's 18 fire damage to it. So that's another big blast. You take out a chunk of its shoulder. Some of the bark and wood kind of like shifts, almost snake-like, to make sure its arm stays on its body. All right, I'm done. All right, now we're back to Vez. Well, she feels kind of sad. She doesn't have anything fire. Uh <laughs> <laughs> So I think what she's going to do is she's going to run over to be as close on the ground as she can be to Fio while still staying out of the reach of this thing. And, I mean, she's just going to try to fire her bow at it again right now. She saw what it did to Fio, and I think she realizes that if it were to hit her like that, she would no longer be part of this party. So, <laughs> she'll let the tank do his job today. Just today, huh? Just just today, though. So that, I don't think that one's going to hit. That's a 14. 14 will not hit. And she'll try again. Oh, that's better. Not much better. <laughs> does a 15 hit? <laughs> no, it does not. Damn. 
Well, so you fire off two arrows, but you just hit like some of the uh, decorative branches splaying from its back. They don't really do anything significant. Uh, she's still working on the bow and arrow thing. Uh, <laughs> and for right now, that'll be her turn. Okay, so we are on to Gunner. So I think the first thing Gunner wants to do is he's going to go south a bit of the Leshy, and he is going to try and climb up the, the Sheer. Okay. Give me an athletics check. That's a 12. That will actually not be enough. <gasps> oh, no. So, yeah, Gunner, you fall. Ah. So you spend 20 feet of movement to climb up, but then you're not able to finish it. So then you fall down to the ground. Doesn't consume any movement, but you land prone. And oh my god, you take six fall damage. Okay, well that just eats up all my yummy temp hit points that I got from shifting. So, so you still have some movement left over. Okay, so the gutter's gonna run back over here. Well, you're prone right now because you fell. Oh, it only takes him five feet of movement to stand up because of his athletics feet. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yes. He's a he's a squarely one, that boy. He's like, he falls, just rolls, and then stands back up. Yes. So then he's going to run back over here. And th- this should work. So I can fire. I mean, and you can tell me yes or no. I am trying to cast Fairy Fire, which affects a 20-foot cube. Can I fire it up at this thing? I'd say so. Okay, and I don't want it to hit... Obviously, it wouldn't hit Tuo because he's standing next to me. Yeah, if you uh, fire it up, you can just hit the Leshy. Okay, Gunner's just going to say, fire! And then this, like, kind of violet light is going to sort of, like, do, like, a helix movement from his mouth. And it's going to go straight at the Leshy. And it has to make a dexterity saving throw. Okay, well, this lumbering brute got a 13. <gasps> That's not going to do it! All right, so your fairy fire hits it, and I like to think its uh, bark takes on, like, the texture of burnt charcoal, but, like, instead of glowing orange, it's glowing, like, this purplish fairy fire color. Yes, and I I don't think I've ever successfully used fairy fire. (laughs) So I should probably explain what it does, because I think I've tried and failed before. So... So essentially what fairy fire is, is each object in a 20 foot cube within range is outlined in blue, green, or violet light. My choice. Any creature in the area when the spell is cast is also outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. For the duration, objects and affected creatures shed dim light in a 10 foot radius. Any attack roll against an affected creature or object has advantage if the attacker can see it and the affected creature or object can't benefit from being invisible. So. Yep, and that's that. Cool. All right. Good turn. So now it's the Leshy's turn, and this lumbering creature is just stumbling around. It's hitting the ground with its feet, making it, like, shake a little bit, sending rocks tumbling down the ravine towards you guys. So Gunner and Tuo are leaping around trying to dodge. And then it stands up straight. This horrifying mouth opens up, and it lets out a long drawn out cry and there's a some swirls of mist as it summons some nature spirits to help so I'm gonna roll a d4 I got a four damn it oh god so there are four 
motes of fog that swirl around. Two near Aegon and Jasper, one near Vez, and one near Gunner and Tuo. And as it swirls, it begins to take the shape of large, monstrous creatures and the spirits of four grizzly bears. Holy crap! Manifest. Uh, oh no. What? And their vicious roars join the cacophony of sound that's echoing through this ravine. hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it and our other episodes with your friends family and co-workers your boss if you're daring visit our website to find your copy of a DD quick starter guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description there we discuss episodes dungeons and dragons and stem topics that we all love thanks again for listening we can't wait to see you here at applied dungeoneering some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net.